0: Amen. Do you ever feel like the worship team just dials one up for you? I just felt like that this morning. I needed to be reminded. I needed to be reminded that we should give praise in all things. That he is forever indeed faithful. I want to take a moment just for us to spend some time in prayer. You, you know as well as I do that uh, it's been a hard week. And uh, there's been a lot of things that are going on, um, struggles uh, as a community, also as a church. Um, I will encourage you. I'm going to step on a soapbox for just a minute. I would encourage you in your dealings with people on in our community, both on social media and in person. Um, I would remind you to be like-minded with Christ. I've seen a lot of things posted this week and I've heard a lot of things from what I would believe would be godly people that I don't find in Scripture. And that's hard. I would remind you of the great opportunity that we have for the gospel. That God would take what was meant for evil and God would spin it and mean it for our good. So I would highly encourage you, before you speak, before you type anything, get yourself like-minded with Christ. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to report to you that this morning at 725, Miss Inez went to be with Jesus. A sweet, sweet woman. And I, I... I find it not odd that the message this morning is focused on trust, a woman that I would trust with my life, a woman that I could trust because she would share truth with me, probably more truth than I needed to know. But this morning, as we spend a moment in prayer, I ask that you pray for Catherine and uh, for her brothers and for the rest of the family as they uh, mourn this week, as they grieve this week. I would encourage you to give Catherine some time and then reach out to her. Let her know you're praying for her. But uh, let's spend a moment in prayer this morning. There's a lot going on, and uh, we just need a moment to ask the Lord to help us out with it. Let's pray. Father God, we're humbled before You, definitely trusting in Your sovereign will and Your plan. God, we're definitely trusting in what You've promised us, that in the midst of loss, That we don't have to grieve like those who have no hope. But we can trust in the promise that Christ gave us. When He told us that He would go and prepare a place. So that where He is, we may be also. God, we thank You. For your comfort and your presence in the midst of loss this week. And God, I pray that you would give us peace that doesn't require understanding, but that surpasses it. God, we pray for broken hearts in the homes this week. God, we pray that the message and power of the gospel would be made known. We pray that your glory would be shown. And we pray that Christ, the name of Jesus that we sing, would be lifted up. We give you praise and honor this morning for the amazing Tender, forever faithfulness that you give us. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. And amen. Today, let's talk about the final key in this series on relationships. It's a matter of trust. You know what a good definition for trust is? Two cannibals giving each other a kiss. That is a good definition of trust. Because it's the real nature of trusting someone. God must have thought it terribly funny. And terribly ironic to put two people together into relationship. Very well knowing how flawed each one of them was. Trust is something that is hard to come by. Easy to break and hard to regain. You may be here this morning and you may be in a relationship where you have indeed lost trust. I would encourage you, don't be afraid to trust. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. For the Lord knows and He desires that relationships have trust in them. Brandon asked me a couple weeks ago, if there was any purpose to each of the mugs that I would bring up and put on here. And sometimes there is. Sometimes there's a message on it. So I'm going I'm to let you in on some of the subliminal messaging that comes from the pulpit. Sometimes when I'm preaching on maybe service or worship or um, commitment, I'll have a mug in my office. I have a mug that says, say yes. All right? little subliminal messaging. All right? When I'm talking about discipleship, when I'm talking about us being the church, I have a mug that says, Go Disciple. You may have seen that one before. And so there are reasons, and today I brought this mug. Now, this mug is one of my favorites, and it says, Go Students on it, okay? I'm not going to talk about Go Students for Missions today. Here's the reason I brought this mug today. This is going to be your visual cue for trust. Now, do you know why? Because a year and a half ago, I broke this mug, all right? The handle broke, and there were three pieces that came off. Now, as you notice, it's still there, and it's not like magic, okay? I'm not like showing you magic trick. It was super glue. And I put super glue on those pieces and put it back together. And so every time that I pick this mug up to take a drink, it is an act of trust, knowing full well that the mug is definitely flawed, but knowing full well that there is something life-giving that the mug can give me. And right now it's water, usually it's coffee, all right? But it's an act of trust every time I pick it up. And in your relationships, there is an act of trust every time that you commit further into those relationships. Solomon, King Solomon would know this. We've talked about the many wives that he had. We've talked about the many relationships that he had in delegating, in being an ambassador for his nation. There is no doubt that trust was something that Solomon understood, knew, practiced, and required. And so if you have your Bibles open, Proverbs chapter 18 Proverbs chapter 18. And I want to read one verse. We're going to use quite a few in discussing trust today, but I want to read one verse because for a lot of us in the trusting relationships that we've had, We've been let down before. And I believe that Solomon knew this and that's why he penned verse 14. If you would stand with me. As we read this one verse. Proverbs 18 verse 14. A person's spirit can endure sickness. But who can survive a broken spirit? the word there is actually the deeper who can survive broken relationship. Let's pray together. Father, this morning as we discuss trust, God, I pray that you would bring to light relationships of ours where trust is lacking. Maybe it's in our marriages, God, today I pray that we would find common ground, that we would find forgiveness, that we would find resolve to gain trust in our marriages. Maybe it's with our kids. God, I pray that you would bring to light those things that have broken trust before, that we would be aware, ever trying to regain and restore that trust. God, I pray for broken friendships, God, that you would mend what the devil has tried to steal and break. God, I pray that you would teach us, teach us all how to gain trust, not just in our relationships from day to day, but to be able to gain trust with those around us so that we can teach them how to know you and make you know. Lord, be over the word this morning. Hide this preacher behind the cross. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I want to get right into the meat. Trust is something that is born in relationships. Trust is not immediately available Trust is not something that is just immediately click there in relationships, but rather there is a process, a birthing of trust. Birthing takes time. Birthing is painful. Isn't that right, moms? I mean, I don't know. I can't speak to, I can't speak to that. But there is something that is involved in gaining trust. We have to put the right things in to start that process. We have to nurture those things. We have to bring it to a place where we can actually call it trust. Because before we trust one another, there's no name for it. So there's a matter of creating trust birthing that, and so this morning I want to talk about what truth is born out of, what trust is born out of, rather. The first thing that we see Solomon get to in Proverbs chapter 18 is that trust is born out of justice. Trust is born out of justice. Look over with me at verse 3. When a wicked person comes, contempt also comes. And along with dishonor, derision. Down to verse 5. It is not good to show partiality to the guilty, denying an innocent person justice. Trust is born out of justice. Justice is getting what we deserve. Justice is, on the positive and the negative, the reward for action, the consequence for action. Trust is born out of justice. It's hard to trust someone who isn't just, am I right? If someone is always taking from the relationship, it's hard to trust them because there's not a reciprocal giving into it. Trust is born out of justice. Sometimes what we want from the relationship is not what we're getting and therefore we lose trust. Sometimes it's unclear what we desire. Sometimes it's very clear. Once there was a millionaire who had collected live alligators... And he kept them in a pool in the back of his mansion. The millionaire also had a very beautiful daughter who was single. And one day he decided to throw a huge party and during the party he announced, my dear guest, I have a proposition to every man here. I will give one million dollars or my daughter to the man who can swim across this pool full of alligators, and emerge alive. And as soon as he finished his last word, there was the sound of a large splash. And there was one guy in the pool, swimming with all he could and screaming out of fear. The crowd cheered him on as he kept swimming and kept kept stroking across the pond as though he was running for his life. Finally, he made it to the other side, with only a torn shirt and some minor injuries, and the millionaire was indeed impressed. He said, my boy, that was incredible. Fantastic. I didn't think that it could be done. I must keep my end of the bargain now. Would you like the million dollars, or would you like my daughter's hand in marriage? And the guy said, listen, I don't want your money, Nor do I want your daughter. I want the person who pushed me in the pool. You see, sometimes what we want out of the relationship is unclear. and Sometimes it's very clear. And what we must do is we must understand that to build trust requires justice in our relationships. Now, you may say to me, well, that's not very Christ-like, because Christ would give all the time, and He gained nothing in return. And I would say, yes, you're absolutely right, but Christ was giving all the time. You see, Christ understood this idea of justice. Christ was perfect, and He needed nothing, but rather, He was able to give. Because he knew what people needed. You see, when we're in relationship, in order to build trust, we have to be willing to commit. Willing to give justice. Willing to give proper return from what the other person has invested. Yes, we should love unconditionally. Yes, we should love willingly. But we must understand this concept, if there's going to be trust in our relationships. Trust is not just immediately given, rather trust is earned. There's a sense of justice to it. We like the idea of justice, don't we? We like the idea of people getting what they deserve. Reminds me of another story of a Elderly couple who, both 60 years old, had been married for 35 years. And during their 35th anniversary party, a fairy appeared. This isn't theologically correct, guys, okay? wanted to congratulate them and grant them each a wish. And the wife, she wanted to travel around the world, and so the fairy waved her wand and poof, The wife had tickets in her hand for a world cruise. And next, the fairy asked the husband what he wanted. And he said, I wish I had a wife 30 years younger than me. And so the fairy picked up her wand and poof, the husband was 90 years old. He got what he deserved, right? We like it when people get what they deserve, but the honest truth is is that in order to be able to gain trust, we have to see justice. We need to see that when our partner, when our friend, when our child puts into the relationship, that also requires us to do the same. Trust is born out of justice. Secondly, trust is born out of the truth. Look at verse 8. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. In verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they are protected. Trust is born out of truth. I mentioned earlier, Miss Inez would always tell me the truth. No matter if it was going to hurt my feelings or not. She told me the truth. I trusted that. I could always trust that. I've had friends in my life that I can always trust to tell me the truth. It didn't always work that way. But over time, as they began to pour truth into me, as they began to tell me the truth about my life, about my decisions, about what God had for me, I gained a trust. It's the way that it works in the relationship with my wife. There's a trust that is built based on truth. More truth from her end than mine, probably. Because like I said last week, you know, you got to be careful as husbands how much truth you delegate, right? But the honest truth is that trust can't be something that is gained by flattery. Trust is not something that can be gained by semi-truths, by omissions. Who in here has been lied to? It's hard because you don't trust that person anymore, right? Who in here has had somebody say something about them that wasn't true? Verse 8 tells us that a gossip's words are like choice food. People hear gossip. Guys, listen. It is, oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. But people hear gossip and man, they just, they eat it up. You see it all over social media. And what happens is, is that more and more relationships lose trust. Trust because there's no truth involved in them. Now, there's an aspect of speaking the truth in love. This doesn't mean you just need to walk around being a downer to everybody and just telling harsh, radical truths all the time. There's got to be a level of love in there. But I want you to understand that trust is never going to be gained out of false Trust is never going to be gained out of lies. Trust is never going to be gained out of slander. Trust is never going to be gained out of not speaking the truth. I obviously could talk all day about the relationships immediately around us, about our marriages, about our kids, our parents, our best friends, and how truth is important in trust in those relationships, but I want to tell you about a different relationship and it's the relationship between you and a lost person. If trust is born out of truth, then we shouldn't pander to lost people. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go with signs outside and tell everybody they're going to hell. But what I do know is that somebody's going to trust you more if you will tell them the truth unabanded than if you try to just play to their sensitive side, play to their emotions, play to their desires. We've got to get out of this business of saying, well, we we can't tell the gospel because it's so harsh. Listen, you need to understand something. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. There is a world full of lost people. And if we're not willing to tell them the truth, then we will never gain their trust. If we are not willing to share with them the truth that we are all sinners and that we all deserve hell, but that Christ came to die for our sin, Give us a home in heaven. Trust is born out of truth. And finally. Trust is born out of grace. Trust is born out of justice. And trust is born out of truth. But in the end of all of that. Trust is born out of grace. Look at verse 16 with me. A person's gift opens the door for him and brings him before the great. Verse 18, Casting the lot ends quarrels and separates opponents. Verse 19, An offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city, and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. Verse 23, The poor person pleads, but the rich one answers roughly. Listen, I want you to understand something. Grace is a trust builder. Grace is something that creates trust in our relationships. Yes, we want justice. We want people to return the actions that we put in. But trust is also born out of love the way that Solomon puts this, a person's gift opens doors for him and brings him before the great. We love to give gifts. In fact, if you celebrated this last week, you definitely gave some gifts to those that you have relationships with. But the truth is, is that when we give a gift, That's a true act of grace. There was nothing done to deserve or earn it. That's the nature of a gift. It's that it's given in grace. And what a great picture of the way that Jesus Himself earned our trust. You see, Jesus fought for justice Jesus was perfect in every way, and he fought for justice. Justice is why he went into the temple and overthrew the tables and ran the money changers out. Justice is why he sat before the crowd that had brought the woman before him and began to draw on the sand as one by one they left because none was sinless to throw the stone. Jesus was so just And that knowing that he would take the sin of the world, silently endured the beating that would lead to the cross. Jesus understood justice. He understood truth. Jesus wasn't one to shy away from telling folks what the problem was. Look at the woman at the well. Yes, in grace, he's going to offer her a drink of the living water, but before that, he announces to her her sin. You've been married five times and divorced, and now you're not even married to the man you're living with. You're a lady of the night, you're sinful. Now drink of the living water. Jesus gained trust. But Jesus gained trust most because he offered grace. Romans 6.23 tells us that the gift of God is eternal life for those who would believe. You see, trust is born out of grace. And with that grace comes a sweet tenderness. A sweet, sweet tenderness. A person's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken heart? When trust is broken, there is a level of tenderness that is necessary. Finally, in Proverbs 18, Solomon, in a very prophetic statement, brings this whole thing to a close. Solomon, who understood that to have good relationship, you must talk, you must be able to communicate Solomon, who understood that to have a good relationship, you must spend time in that relationship. Solomon, who understood that trust is a vital key to relationships. He ended chapter 18 with a prophetic word about the one who would fulfill all of that. One with many friends may be harmed. But there is indeed a friend who stays closer than a brother. Trust may have been broken for you, but there is one who you can trust for all eternity. Trust may be hard for you, but there is one who has proved himself time and, time and time and time and time and time and time again. Trust may be something that you don't give out that often. But there is one who lays himself out and says, you can definitely trust me. and That's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus, He wants to have relationship with us, to communicate with us. It's why when He died on the cross, the veil was torn so that we wouldn't have to go through a priest anymore, but rather, He would be the high priest to sit at the right hand of God, ever interceding for you and I, so that by the Spirit, He may communicate with us and communicate groanings that we can't even speak to the Father. And Jesus would put the time in. He spent 33 and a half years on this earth, and He spent it perfect. He spent it learning the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, and then ministering to the people also that He could spend it dying on a cross. Why? So He could give us time for all eternity. He told us, I go to prepare a place for you, so that where I am, you may be with me also. And he did what nobody else could do. He gained our trust and he never, ever, ever will break it. You see, in all of this, the key to relationship is simply the key to what looks like relationship between us and Jesus. I've always said this in marriage counseling and Couples counseling and counseling with parents and kids. With counseling with individuals who are struggling with friends and all this. I always want to look at what their relationship with Jesus looks like first. Because that will often tell me all the problems of their relationship with people around them. You may have heard this whole series he may say, I'm, I'm trying that. I'm trying those things in my relationship. I'm trying those things. And I just, there's problems. I can't gain trust. I can't get them to talk. I don't have time to spend with them. I would like to know what does your relationship with Jesus look like? Are you struggling to talk to him? Are you struggling to spend time with him? Are you struggling to trust him? You see, the key to relationships above all else is a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that it's only by the relationship with Jesus that we can get through times like we've had this week. And I fully understand what Jesus told us. when He says, don't mourn as those who have no hope. Let's pray together. You may be in a relationship this morning where there has been broken trust. I want you to know that Jesus understands. His closest friend denied him The ones who had followed him and stuck by his side for three years. They ran and hid. At the time when Jesus needed someone the most, no one could be found. Except for his sweet mother and the disciple that Jesus loved. Maybe you've been hurt. I want you to know that trust can be born. Reborn in the relationship. It's going to take effort and it's going to take truth and it's going to take grace. More than anything, it's going to take Jesus Christ intervening. Maybe you need to spend time at this altar this morning just praying that God would restore trust. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with a good friend of yours, but that he would restore trust. Maybe this morning, maybe this morning, all relationships are hard because your relationship with Jesus is not what it ought to be. This altar's open for you to come and work that out. There are deacons, men of God down here at the front who can pray with you. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know this. Today, you can trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He deals justly. He speaks truth to us and He gives grace. You can trust in Him today. All you have to do is come forward. Get with one of these men say, I want to be saved. And they'll sit down and talk with you through that. Father God, we pray that in this moment of invitation, God, I pray that God, you would find us faithful in responding. God, we trust your spirit to move in among us. Speak to us to know how we ought to. God, I pray for relationships here that are broken. Broken because of trust. God, I pray that you would restore like only you can. God, I pray that as a church, we would gain the trust of a world outside. Speaking out for justice, speaking in truth, and God, as a church, giving grace, that we would earn the trust of those who need to hear about you. God, we give you this moment of invitation. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? Just-